Welcome everyone, we're about to begin Be'ezus Hashem, Feedback and Insight, Shear number 95. In the regular Shiurim, we started to look into a book called Inside Marriage by Miriam Castle. And she has tremendous deep insights into marriage, the internal aspects of it, what to think and what your emotions need to feel like and to align with in marriage and in life in general. Very beautiful. And she has a chapter, a small one, chapter 6 of her book, called No Comparison. And I want to read off some of what she says and elaborate. She writes, You married a real person. And to compare her or him to anyone else doesn't serve either you or your marriage. It actually gets in the way of seeing your spouse for who he or she is and getting to know him and her. It's also hurtful. When you view your spouse through the lens of comparison with another person, you ignore his or her unique, one-of-a-kind self who badly wants to be seen and related to. Really, if you look deeply into this, this is what kinna is. This is the essence of what kinna is, what jealousy is. One of the three things that might see in as Adam and Oilam removes a person from the world. Not just for Oilam Abba, but in this world. It takes away all the simcha from this world. It is poison. So many people hurt themselves, destroy themselves by comparing themselves to others. And this requires some emuna by recognizing HaKadosh Baruch Hu created you because of you. He deemed you special. And you have a unique purpose in this world. And this is how you have to look, or you need to look, at your husband, at your wife, when you see them. Not comparing them to anybody else. But Hashem created them. Put them in your life. And Hashem loves your husband. Hashem loves your wife. Hashem wants them to be them. He wants them to be the best version of who they can be, not what someone else can be. And He wants you specifically to have that privilege to love that person, to see the good in that person, to tap in to their potential, to build them up, to give them chizik, to do everything you can to emulate HaKadosh Baruch Hu Himself by showering upon your husband and your wife kindness compassion and acceptance of who they truly are. What is comparison about? You want to compare your spouse to your mother or to her mother or to your father or to his father or to your neighbor or or, or someone else? What are you really doing here? What are you looking to do? What are you looking for? What you're really looking to do is to have a conversation about something that's important to you. And rather than trusting that you can talk about it whenever it is directed with your, directly with your spouse, you have to bump it off and refer, have a reference to somebody else. Sometimes what you need to do is to recognize the uniqueness and specialness of your own husband and your own wife. Sometimes and this is extremely hurtful, is when you basically point out somebody else 
and look at a trait of somebody else of what's supposed to be quote-unquote the standard and then you turn to your spouse directly or indirectly and say that you, husband, you, wife, you need to feel bad that you're not behaving and emulating this particular admirable behavior that is in someone else. That's not the approach. The approach with a marriage, when a husband and wife need to talk about these things, and let's say something is bothering you, and you want to have an open conversation about it, you talk directly to your spouse, your husband and your wife, in a menschlicher way, this is bothering me, this hurts me, this doesn't hurt me, and so on. We learned about this, how you could do this in a healthy way. And this creates healing if you do it the right way. It creates building. You talk directly to your spouse about whatever he or she is doing, not doing, what would you like, what's hard, and anything you want to discuss to understand each other. But when you bring parents and schlep them into the conversation, or neighbors and you schlep them into the conversation, or friends and you schlep them in the conversation, or even hypothetical husbands and wives in your fantasies of what they're supposed to behave like, a wife is supposed to behave like this and this and this, and you're comparing your own wife to this fantasy wife of your demyonis, or you're comparing this, you know, your husband to some man that really doesn't exist or you think that it exists, and you empathize how your spouse, your husband, your wife, is just, is, is, is either just like, you know, you know, not, not like that positive person I have in my head, or is like a person that has negative traits, and you're doing this comparison game. This is the most hurtful thing that you can do. Instead of doing that, and what you're doing is you're depriving yourself of enjoying an intimacy that two people could share. A husband and wife could share with one another, even with their flaws. If they learn how to share in a vulnerable, vulnerable way and work with each other to make their life better, not focusing on other people or other marriages or what they think other marriages are, which, by the way, a lot of it is, it looks externally could be beautiful and inside there could be many many problems you really don't know what's going on in other in another person's pot but instead of doing that and the comparing and fantasizing and putting your husband and wife to a standard and a bar of an an imaginary husband and an imaginary wife instead you share you're, you're robbing yourself of sharing that intimacy that you and your wife can have you and your husband can have by trying to be there for each other by being warm to each other, supporting each other, and working with each other to become the best that you as a couple could be. The best possible husband and wife that you personally can be. Not what someone else is. And you throw other people, go comes into the conversation. What is that for? And you have to defend yourself against that comparison. Why aren't you like Mrs. So-and-so? And now the wife is on the defensive and has to compare herself and defend herself against that so-and-so. Or with the husband, same thing. Doesn't matter what anyone else is doing. It's irrelevant. You married a specific person. They're behaving however they are behaving. Independent of what other people are doing or what you're seeing or what you observe or what you dream about in your fantasies. And you look at reality the way it is and you say to yourself, how am I going to build this reality? 
this reality. It's like when in the in, in Parshas Baloyscha where it talks about when they traveled, that the Mishkan traveled with them wherever they were. That's what was their place. Kol wherever you are, that's a holy place. The holy place is within you and within your husband. It's within you and it's within your spouse, within your wife. And yes, it's true we don't live in a vacuum. It's true we see and observe other people, whether in bungalow colonies, whether at wherever we are. That's part of the Nisayan, Enochanami. And you see what your parents do, and you see what your siblings do, and your friends and your neighbors. And, and that puts ideas in your head of what you want and what you don't want. That's understandable. We don't live in a bubble. We understand that it's, it's life. But, but what you need to realize that even if you do notice these things, you need to realize that your marriage stands on its own. It needs to be built based on your own best your best character traits and your wife's or your husband's best character traits according to what they need, according to what they are. And it needs to be built by you and your spouse from the ground up as a foundation with your joint values, your joint needs, your joint desires, and your joint goals that has zero to do with any other marriage in the world or any other relationship in the world. You could experience things from the past. You could learn lessons from what you observe. But you need to learn how to do that in a mature adult way. Your spouse isn't a garbage can. Your husband and wife is not a dumping ground where you throw in complaints into them, things that you didn't work on, complaints about your parents or anyone else and She's that empty slate. She's that target. He's that target. And you throw everything at them. You work on your own dream, your own garden. You can discuss things, even hard things, with your husband and wife in a respectful way and how to build your marriage together. But it's your marriage. Your marriage. The best your marriage can be. Not what anyone else has or doesn't have. That's irrelevant. And so many people spend so much time not working on their marriage, just giving up, throwing up their hands, or just basically regurgitating, like Malagera in the wrong way, regurgitating and regurgitating and thinking and thinking about how you got the quote-unquote bad luck in this lottery. Instead, it's so sad. Hashem is telling you, you know, you put in that effort you daven to me and you put in that effort and you plant the seeds and you harvest it, you can have a marriage that you, can never, you would never even dream of having. It doesn't come on its own. It comes from Yogata Umatsasa Tamen. Yogata Umatsasa Tamen. You work hard and then you found it that you believe. Especially when there's tefillah. I heard from someone recently, a wise person who deals with Shalom Bayas, and he said that marriage is based on three things. Number one, tefillah, prayer. Number two, hard work. That's a chiddush to people, that you have to work hard on your marriage. And number three, realism. 
Number one, which is tefillah. Spoke about this many times. Doesn't take away, you can't just daven and then say, okay, I threw up my hands, now it's up to God. Just like you can't just ask Hashem for parnasa and then just sit back and expect money to fall from the sky. Vignamilla used to say in a niggin, it's fascinating, uh, when sometimes in the summertime, he was finished, they finished up mincha, the shear was 8.30 to 10, that was the Thursday night shear, there was a mincha before, let's say 8 o'clock or whatever it was, and then he used to give a little chayva salvava shear in, in, over there for 10 minutes at that point. So sometimes once I came early, and I overheard the chayva salvava shear, I overheard as I was coming in, he was singing in a niggin, that money doesn't grow on trees. So number one is you pray. But after pray, you need number two, which is the hard work. The same applies with Shalom Bayas. You daven for Shalom Bayas. And Shemei Tfilah three times a day. You don't give up. Day in and day out, you daven for it. You daven day in, day out, whether you see the light at the end of the tunnel or whether you don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. Will you think, I don't have a solution for this, so I do have a solution for this. You daven and daven and don't give up. And Shemei Tfilah day in and day out. And then number two, after that, work hard. Yes, you work hard. That is shtadlis. The regular shtadlis that you have to do. And over here, it's different than Parnassah. With Parnassah, it says that have a memayit If possible, you could try to do less with the marriage. You need every day to work hard at it. Every day to be the best you can be. Because really what you're working hard on is your own tikkun hamidais. By working on yourself, when you build yourself up healthily, your marriages automatically will become better. And if you both do it together, working on yourselves, your marriage will be beautiful. So that's number one, prayer. Number two, hard work. Number three, realism. Realism means the hakara of that the reality is what's good, not what could have been, should have been, would have been. It's a big mistake, you know. People wor- think about after the Chet Eitzadas, what it would be if we would still be before the Echet Eitzadas. We don't recognize realism. We don't realize that we all have faults to correct. And that doesn't mean that there's anything truly intrinsically wrong. We have unrealistic expectations, sometimes of ourself and very, very often of our husband and of our wife. And when we realize that what Hashem wants us uh, from us is to see the way what the reality is. HaKadosh Baruch Hu made your life to be your life, not someone else's life. Hashem wanted you to be married to this particular husband and wife, not someone else's husband and someone else's wife. And by your behaviors, and by davening and the hard work, and then recognizing the realism, this is my wife, this is my husband. You recognize, and you don't understand it yet, but you recognize what tremendous untapped bracha there is in your husband and in your wife, that you begin to appreciate more and more and more. And then you realize what that diamond is. That's what Hashem really wants. This is what the Baal Shem Tev says about every Yid. That Hashkafa that a Baal Shem Tev taught us about how we need to perceive every single Yid, that's how we need to perceive our own husband and our own wife, without comparisons.
The Bashemtas saw that every single yid was Kaidish Kadashim. One example was that every yid is like fresh spring water that's underneath the surface of the ground. And what one needs to do is simply dig and dig until you hit that water. And then all of a sudden the water springs up outwards, that fresh, life-giving waters, sweet waters that come out after you delg a little bit and you tapped into it. And the Baal Shem Tov used to say that that is what every yid is. Yes, there's some yidin that they have a bigger shell. They're buried deeper in the ground. So you need to dig deeper to hit that point where you're going to hit that spring water. Sometimes lower, sometimes higher, sometimes with more work, sometimes with less work. But ultimately, every yid, you could dig deep enough, you will hit that spring water that will flow forth, sweet waters coming out from the ground. And give us water, sweet water to drink, and have a from every single yid on this planet that lived from the time of creation up to this point. Every single yid is precious. And that hashkafa of every yid needs to be certainly when you look at your own husband and look at your own wife. Again, the davening, the hard work, the self work, and then the realism. The realism is not pessimism. The realism is not looking with perhaps that sun-colored, rosy glasses that are not reality, but it is not looking with that dark, pessimistic vision either. But it's looking at the diamond because it's a precious diamond. That is realism. It may be covered with earth that, that requires digging, but Hashem is telling you you could tap into it by working on your own behaviors, by asking for siyata deshmaya from me, by putting in that hard work. People don't understand those hasagas, that they, have, they need to daven ta'kadosh baruch to help with their shalom bayis. People take it for granted. It's an automatic. But no, you need to daven. People don't have hasagas that they need to work for it, especially those that early on had this quote-unquote chemistry, or they clicked or they were like two peas in a pod, or whatever they say. So they don't have it, I have it in their head. They think that it has to go automatic. What hard work? And if it doesn't go automatic and something comes up, that means this is not my zivik, something's wrong, it's, it's, something's terrible going on. In reality, it's very simple. you got to put in the work. And the realism. The realism. Realism means that pintaliyid. Realism is that diamond that's in every single Jew. Realism is with the Baal Shem Tev, that clean, fresh spring water underneath the surface of the ground. That is realism. breathed in every Jew. That is realism. That is what is within your husband. That is what is within your wife. It may be covered up with some negative behaviors that need work. That is true. Each one to his own needs to cover, uncover. It's like the digging and digging till you hit that spring water. That's what Tikkun Amidois is. The husband for himself and the wife for herself looking into the mirror, seeing how they could become better towards each other, with themselves, and towards each other. That is the digging to get to that fresh spring water. It's hard work. You get your hands dirty. It's not always easy. It can be frustrating. But sooner or later you'll get, you'll tap in and you'll get to it. 
And a real God will be Israel, a real manik. This is what it is. Ishasha Ruach boy, that he knows how to go coin to every single person. Doesn't make a difference if he's from the highest of Shevet Yehuda to the lowest of the low of the Shevet Don Ma'asef Lechalamachnais. And it doesn't make a difference where you are. The truth is, it's irrelevant. That's Hakadosh Baruch Hu's business. Whether you you ended up in in Yehuda, or you ended up in Binyamin, or you ended up in Naftali, or you ended up in Don, it makes no difference inherently. That's Hashem's business. He could give you that Ganadin and that oil in your neshama wherever you are, whatever your matzav it is. Don't try to change what you can't change. You change what you could change. And when you do that, Hashem will show you Nisim. He will show you that the capabilities that you had that you weren't even aware of. And in a realistic way, realism. So many people, it happens later sometimes, sometimes earlier, sometimes later. How many people, how many people that they thought nothing would come of them? They were a terrible student in yeshiva or in Beis Yaakov, and they were, quote-unquote, the bums, uh, and, and, and they, they didn't learn a word, and they grew up to be beautiful people. Some people are late bloomers. Some people are earlier bloomers. Same thing in marriage. Sometimes it, it works, seems to work right away. Sometimes there's, in the beginning, rough patches, blockages, hard times. But that doesn't mean it always has to be that way. It doesn't mean that's the reality of what really is. That's not realism. The hard patches in your marriage is no more real than the beautiful marriage that's in potential that if you work hard and have that prayer and, have a, and, and see the goodness in your husband and wife, that's realism. That vision. And we have to keep that vision in our heart and not give it up. And to turn the head around and to realize, yes, it's not always easy. Life is not always easy. There's challenges, there's bumps in the road. And in marriages, there will be bumps in the road. There'll be days where it's not easy. You won't have that strong feeling. We talked about this before. But ultimately, with those three things, number one, prayer, number two, working hard, number three, realism. And number three, realism is really the nakuda of this year, the no comparison. They're going back to the original words here. You married a real person. And it doesn't serve you at all comparing him and her to anyone else. It only hurts you. It only hurts you, her. It only hurts you. It only hurts him. Right? If you have a kitchen that's dirty, you clean your own kitchen. You don't say, oh, the other kitchen is cleaner. What is that going to do you? You have your own kitchen. It's dirty. You work on cleaning your own kitchen. You polish your own diamond. You bring out your own fresh water by digging deep, by working hard. So again, that what we reserve, we see in other people good midas, and we want to learn from them. That kinas seifrim, those good midas you want to learn when you see other people how they behave in their marriages or whatever it is. It's very, very important to only take that nakuda and nothing else. As an example, if let's say a husband speaks roughly to his wife. And then he looks around and he observes, he does observe other people's marriages. And he sees how another husband is talking kindly to his wife. The husband needs to hop. I need to talk nicely to my wife. 
or the or wife that speaks gently to her husband and someone sees that the wife needs to learn it. In other words, you project it on yourself. That's what the Balshemtiv says. The Balshemtiv says that everything in life, every hayra, everything you see in life is a lesson for you trying to tell you to do something. The Balshemtiv does not say that what you see in life is something that your friend needs to fix or even that your husband needs to fix or that your wife needs to fix. So even when you do see other people's behaviors in positive to learn from it or in negative to stay away from, you learn that in context of your own, your, yourself. That's what Hashem wants. He wants the finger to point at you, at yourself, what I can do. So when you look at the, if you happen to see it, another marriage and how they interact and you were in the shower, you see it's real, whatever it is. The lesson is not, oh, my, my wife is on the lower totem part of the totem pole compared to this particular wife. No. You say to yourself the opposite. This is the way the husband, I see how the husband acts. This is the way I'm supposed to act. It's a lesson for you. You could pray that your wife or husband understands the lessons they need to learn. You could daven for that. You could daven for your overall shalom bias and work hard. But that is really, truly the key. You change yourself, you change your marriage. You change yourself, you change your whole outlook on things. You change yourself, and everything around you changes the bracha. You're not here to change your husband or wife. You could talk together, healthy communication, we talked about it. You could work together on things. All this is beautiful. But the main focus on all of it is your own work, recognizing the treasure, the potential that's within your husband and wife that may be beneath those flaws. You have to learn how to look through them. You have to look at seeing the positive, the taiv in them, the goodness, and build up that good points. You build up those nakudas taivas. You see good things in your wife despite her flaws. You see the good things in your husband despite his flaws, and you build them up with it. And that creates them becoming, wanting to become a better husband, a better wife, a better human being. And this sweetens marriages and heals marriages. And may we, we be all be zeichet to this. Brochen atzlachen.